1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: Hello there, guys, and welcome back. Yet again, we have the Eurosport and Beautiful Game collaboration where we're bringing news and updates on a daily basis with all of the transfer gossip. And today we're back again with another installment of this. We're going to kick things off with Dot. Let us know What is the transfer gossip that's taken your attention today?
1: Yeah, my transfer isn't actually gossip. It's actually a confirmed deal. Matty Ryan has joined Arsenal on loan until the end of the season. If I'm being totally honest, I'm shocked about this one because this is a goalkeeper that I rate very, very highly. And I think he's good enough to be a number one for at least six, seven, eight Premier League teams. And the fact that I saw this transfer today, I thought he's you know, injured, but it seems like he's fallen out of favour with the Brighton manager or the hierarchy. So this still surprises me. And I think Arsenal have had problems with their second choice goalkeeper. I think Runnison hasn't been up to the standard. So there's talks that he may go out and learn. And I think Matty Ryan, what an option to have as a backup. For me, great on the ball, distribution, top five in the league. And I think this is a guy that if Leno, you know, injury, I feel that he can fill the void for five to ten games because for me, he's a very good goalkeeper.
2: You know what? Honestly, when I saw the news this morning, I was quite perplexed as well, Dot. I (laughs) thought, where has this come from? Um, But I think you're right in what you say about the fact that I think the Arsenal hierarchy probably saw Renison's performances Mm -hmm. in, in, in the games that he has played and haven't been filled with too much confidence and so felt that they absolutely needed to bring in someone to deputise or, uh, as you mentioned, challenge Leno for that starting position. Because obviously there's there's a lot of football left to play, a lot of games to to go until the end of the season. And, you know, touch wood, should uh, burnt Leno be injured, then they'd have been in quite a bit of a pickle. And so I think from that standpoint, it makes sense. But on the other side of uh, of the the transfer, I'm not quite sure what Brighton are doing. Um, <coughs> You know, it, it doesn't really make sense in in in, in that regard, and, and why they would have uh, you know allowed him to leave in January, given the fact that you know he is a top goalkeeper and has put in some really strong performances for them in 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 recent uh, weeks. I, I I just yeah, I'm I'm still confused as to why it, they they allowed him to, to leave.
3: Yeah, I, th- I find this one really weird. Like, I was looking I was looking at it before we came came on to talk about this, and Sanchez came in. He's played all right. I think he kept a clean sheet away at Fulham a couple of months ago. He obviously kept one against Leeds um, the other day. But it's not as if he's been stellar or standout. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if it was someone, I understand that when you're in a relegation fight, the keepers are in some, in some ways more important because those goals you can see, they actually could be the difference between you staying up or you going down. If he'd come in and be, say, like the centric waiter at Crystal Palace, who was a genuine game changer for them, he was that good, then I'd understand why you're letting Ryan move on. But there's every chance that Sanchez, who is still relatively young, is going to. Have a dip in form or something. And if you have someone like Matty Ryan on the bench, that is absolutely perfect because he's going to come back in and straight away. And I know that Ryan isn't Potter's man in that sense. And I know that Potter wants to play attractive style of football, but it's not as if Ryan's bad with his feet. Like he's, I'd say he's good, if anything. Like he's not even adequate. He's better than that. He's a good player with his feet. So something's obviously gone on. I don't know if it's uh, like an argument behind the scenes or whether for whatever reason Potter genuinely believes that Sanchez is good enough. But there's no option to buy. So it's not that they're looking to sell him. Mm. So what are you doing <laughs> at the end of the season? Particularly, I mean, particularly if Ryan goes there and sits there for six months because Leno plays well and Leno doesn't get injured. What, what have you done there? You haven't done anything. You've just sent someone away and then he's got to come back next season. You might be in the championship. It might be harder to sell him. And his wages are going to be taking up space on your books that you don't have. So if you're going to let him go, I think you've got to put in an option to buy. But as we haven't seen those reports to suggest that that's there.
1: Yeah. maybe he had to leave the club due to squad ambience maybe he may have been you know a disruption in the camp we don't know mm. but for me this is just a strange strange deal but going back to Arsenal that's a dream move for him is he's yeah. boyhood club he's not going to mind sitting on the bench for six months I'm sure of that <laughs> so um, I wanted to uh,
2: bring to the table the uh, transfer news that i um, really caught my eye and and my attention today Um, and with all of the the fanfare and the pandemonium around Martin um, Odegaard potentially uh, coming to the Premier League I wanted to stay on topic and speak to you guys and get your thoughts on the potential return of another Norwegian uh, to the Premier League and that is of course Josh King of Bournemouth So the backdrop is that his current contract is set to expire in the summer and West Ham have both uh, reportedly declared interest. And I know we saw United have, I think it was last January, uh, they had a £20 million bid rejected. Um, And then in October of last year, West Ham had an initial uh, bid of £13 million uh, rejected as well. But now, obviously, given the fact that he's got such little time left on his current deal, Bournemouth may want to cash in now and, and, you know, uh, recoup some uh, funds from him and and use that to reinvest in the squad rather than losing him for free in the summer. It's a very, very attractive and interesting um, acquisition, certainly from the part of West Ham or uh, West Brom, given the fact that he is Premier League proven. Um, He scored 48 goals in 161 Premier League games for Bournemouth and he's the club's highest ever scorer in the top flight. And of course, I'm sure you guys remember him develop a very prolific partnership with Callum Wilson a few seasons ago. So, you know, on on one hand, it's great because um, he is uh, proven in the Premier League. He's got uh, experience. He's very versatile and he's able to operate from either flank or through the middle. Um, The rumours suggest that he's not actually demanding excessive wages. Of course, he's going to be another attractive aspect of a potential move for suitors, given the current uh, climate uh, with COVID and whatnot. And an interesting stat I I saw was that his registered top speed last year was comparable to Adama Traore. So you can just imagine, for example, at West Ham, just how devastating they would be on a counter with him and Mikhail Antonio, for example. And so I guess I wanted to ask you guys, in terms of this move, a rumoured move back to the Premier League, do you think it is one that makes sense? And and if you were Josh King, where would you look to uh, um, uh, join in the, the January transfer window?
1: Yeah, I really like Joshua King. This is a player that I've watched for a few years now and he's a really exciting player. And I think he fits in perfectly to West Ham because when you look at the West Ham system, They've let Halal go, and Josh King can fill that void of Halal. But the difference with Josh King is that he can also play on the left, and I don't think anyone's really nailed down that left side for West Ham. Mm-hmm. We've seen Four Nails play there at times. Yes, he's got a lot of energy, but sometimes he just lacks that quality in the final third. We've seen Saad Ben Rama come from the championship, who I believe is a top, top talent, but he's yet to show his best form at West Ham. And I think if you get Josh King on that left, as he said, Bud, Prem proven, scores goals, has the speed. Yeah. He's going to be very, very dangerous. Can you imagine a front row of Bowen, Antonio and Joshua King? Yeah, I can see exactly. West Ham putting teams to the sword <laughs> if this still happens.
3: <laughs> I like it. I think if I'm King, I'm definitely going to West Ham. Yeah, I think there's been, some, there's been some chat about West Brom as well, but I don't understand why you want to go put yourself through another relegation battle. If you're going to West Ham, you could be playing in Europe next year and there's no there's no guarantees Bournemouth are coming back up. So I understand that you could sort of, if you're Josh King sort of way to the end of the season, you could probably get more money if you want a free transfer rather than someone having to pay for you. But I don't know. I, I like it when footballers will make decisions based on what's best for their career rather than the money. Mm. I mean, I think, he only needs to look at the Premier League to see someone like Max Meyer who made a big move to Palace because of the wages they offered him and is completely formed to pieces and now he's left the club. But I don't think that would happen to King if he went to West Brom but I just think if he goes to one of those sort of bottom six clubs during a relegation battle he's going to get lost again and it sort of happened with him towards the end of Bournemouth and I think he was struggling there. He needs to go to a club where A, he's going to be able to play in his preferred position which is where, as you say, he can come in off the left and make those late runs and B, where he's not going to be the person who's relied on for goals. You saw that at Bournemouth when Callum Wilson went out injured. They were all looking to Josh King. He struggled a bit. But with Antonio and Barron, as you, as you said, like that's going to be great. Like He's going to have so much fun because defenders are going to have to worry about those two and then move across to him as well. He's going to have much more space to operate in. And if he can get them into Europe for West Ham, I think it's worth even a double-digit fee because the difference between getting into Europe and not is going to be so great that investing now, and particularly if, as you said, he's not on big wages, it's definitely worth it.
2: Yeah, 100%. Can I just play devil's advocate here though, gents? Whilst I agree with everything that's been mentioned about him potentially moving to West Ham, I still do feel though that West Ham will will need to find a target man in the mould of a Sebastian Allaire. So of course, we've spoken about uh, a potentially devastating front three of of Bowen, of Antonio, um, and of Josh King. But of course, uh, Antonio isn't a conventional centre-forward, right? He, he's he's just playing there and, and you know, doing really, really well there at, at present. Um, and I guess that there is a wider argument to say, well, previous um, target men haven't been particularly prolific for West Ham. But of course, you've got uh, wing-backs like Cresswell and Koufal who enjoy playing the ball into the box. So you do need to have a player who's good in the air to get on the end of those crosses. And so even if Josh King was to join them and play on the left as as Dot you mentioned, um, they could still uh, very much need to remain in the market for a recognised out and out centre forward um, in 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 the mould of that target man.
3: Yeah, I'm not against it as an idea. I think mm. there's I think I think teams like West Ham. I think until you sort of become a Leicester or whatever they're trying to be, you're always going to need a second option because the teams will play different ways against you, especially once they see after twenty twenty five games you're seventh in the table so obviously you need to be respected but I guess you've got to just take what you can in the January window what are we like a week 10 days away from it shutting if King's yeah, available yeah. for if King's available for less than 10 million I'm definitely just taking him if someone yeah. else pops up maybe maybe you can look to try and find a loan signing because obviously they were looking to try and sign Olivier Giroud but he's staying at Chelsea for the time being so I think yeah. if someone comes up you can bring someone in on loan um in the deadline then you try and go for that but yeah, I think, especially in this window with the coronavirus uh, pandemic mm. on the financial hit, I think you just can't be choosing. It's going to be difficult. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'll
1: put last, you on last one on that. I honestly feel that Josh King will be a good option for a lot of the top six teams as well. That's how highly I rate him. Mm.
2: An interesting one. Let us wait and see. Right. So over to you, Pete. What's the, uh, the transfer goss that is uh, raising the antennas at your end?
3: Uh, For me, it's managerial chat. There's not been too much for the players. As you say, we're all waiting for Martin Odegaard. But going to his his parent club, Real Madrid, Uh, it looks as if Sedan's going to go. It sounds based on what the Spanish papers are saying that he's going to go at the end of the season. The club don't want to make a change now. There's going to be a gentleman's agreement in place so he can walk away. They won't pay him any compensation and they might offer him a role as sort of a director or ambassador like they had before he became a manager. In terms of replacing him, the front two runners, according to some of the reports, are either Julian Nagelsmann, the RB Leipzig boss, or Max Allegri, who's still out of work after leaving Juventus. Um, obviously, they went for Nagelsmann before, um, and he turned them down, so then he felt it was too early. And if I was Julian Nagelsmann, I think I'd potentially turn them down again, which sounds a little bit weird to say, because you, the golden rule is that a club like Real you don't turn them down once. I think turning them down twice is unheard of. But if I'm Nagelsmann, I'm looking at that team and you don't know what they're doing in the summer. There's a lot of big players there who they haven't made the decision on, players like Luka Modric, Isco and, of course, like Sergio Ramos. And if some of those personalities are rocking around the dressing room and I'm going to try and rock up as a 33-year-old who's trying to implement this high-pressing style, I don't know how well that's going to go. And you could stay at RB Leipzig for another season. And he might even have the option of buying this summer if Hansi Flick decides to step down. So I could see Rail ending up with Max Allegri. And I'm not entirely... I like Allegri a lot, but he's been out of the game now for over a year. And I don't know whether he's going to have what it takes to do what they want to do, which is win the Champions League again. Whereas I think... Rummage would confuse me, right? So they brought all these young Spanish players... And some other players from other countries as well, like for example Odegaard. And now they're all gone. Like Savić has gone out on loan, Odegaard has gone out on loan, Ragaion's gone out on loan. And they, like I, at the time I thought it was brilliant because they were trying to beat Barça at their own game. They were trying to develop a, a core of young Spanish players. And now they're just getting rid of them because I think Zidane's tactic, his tactics and his methods respond better. They they get more out of the older players than the younger players. So if you want to commit, if you're Real Madrid, what I would do is tell Sergio Ramos, thank you very much. It's time for you to go. Go and play. Him in Paris with Neymar and maybe even Messi and get as much money as you can. Do it. Luka Modric, you can stay. You're a good dressing room presence. Isco, it hasn't worked out, I'm afraid. Maybe go to the Premier League. Bring back some of these young players on loan. Bring in Nargisman and let him build something with all the funds in the world, some amazing young players, and then actually just build something for five or ten years. But we all know what Real Madrid are like. I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen.
1: Pete, you summed it up well. Real Madrid, it it just doesn't make sense. What happens there just confuses you all the time. But I agree with you with man, because I think Real Madrid need that attacking manager to get the best out of young players. And what I've noticed about Zidane is that once he gets a formula, he kind of sticks to it. He's tried and trusted Modric, Casemiro, and... Tony Cruz, and he doesn't really deviate away from that. Because for me, when I watch other guard, I think he's a fantastic talent. So I don't understand why he's not getting the game time at Real Madrid. And I just think when you look at the quality of La Liga this season, Barcelona haven't been at it. This was a you know the ultimate opportunity for Real Madrid to stamp their foot down and really run away with the title. But we've seen them struggle, and Atletico Madrid are leading the way. So I think maybe not for now, but in the summer, Nagelsmann should be Real Madrid's top target.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think he is certainly caught in interest from not just Real Madrid, but uh, clubs around Europe. You know, this this young, talented manager with all kinds of uh, fresh and innovative ideas. I think he's he's definitely going to have no shortage of potential suitors um, when he's ready to make the the step up and, and leave uh, his current club. For, for some reason, I, I just can't get my head around why Zidane decided to return to Real Madrid off the back of winning back-to-back-to-back Champions Leagues, you've, you've, you've done what you needed to do. Um, and, and certainly if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have returned. I would have sort of left it there, left out on a high and, and, and you know, written your name in folklore. Um, but for whatever reason, he, he returned, of course, and felt that he had unfinished business and it hasn't quite worked out. Um, But as you say, Pete, if there are um, rumours that uh, Real Madrid are looking to still keep him um, in some capacity at the club, then I I suppose that works for him. I wonder, though, how willing he'd be um, to accept that kind of role and how hungry he is to still manage. Perhaps he might see a future for himself um, managing elsewhere. So that's another thing that would be interesting to to, to see come summer. it also made me think about another manager who had a lot of hype and, and was spoken up quite a bit uh, in recent um, in recent years. And that is, of course, uh, Eric Ten Hag of Ajax. And, you know, of course, we're talking about uh, potential managers leaving and, and, and moving around and, and Nagelsmann being the front runner for Real Madrid. Should they not um, be able to land Nagelsmann in the summer? Could uh, Eric Ten Hag be a potential um, alternative to him, I think that might also be one to, to, to keep an eye out and, and watch out for come the summer. But of course, very, very interesting. There's always lots of goings on at, at Real Madrid. And I think it'll be very interesting to see just how they transition with that squad. Again, you mentioned there, Pete, with the older, more senior players like the Sergio Ramoses, like the Marcelos, and them transitioning to these younger uh, exciting, burgeoning talents, um, you know, h- how they, they manage that transition is going to be very, very interesting for us to see. So I think we'll call it a day there and wrap up. Thank you very much for your attention. Um, and thank you very much, guys, Dot and Pete, for sharing your transfer news. Again, reminder that we're going to be back uh, from next week. Um, every single uh, uh, weekday, bringing you transfer gossip news and sharing our opinions and thoughts on each of the rumors that are going around in circulation. It's the Eurosport and Beautiful Game podcast collaboration. Have a great weekend and we'll see you soon.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.
1: Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler, og overfor mig sidder... Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi er alt alle de der og forklarer meget der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulige ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af
3: Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind
1: og lytte til Dopaminklubben.
3: Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjovt spas med at have den her vidunderlige